Welcome to the home of the blessed people. And here is our host pastor, Pastor Dayo Adeyemo. I can't feel you this morning. I say shout yes. Glory be to God. You guys are sounding like people fasting. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Amen to Jesus. Glory be to God. Yes, I want to start another strand of a series in this second service. It's captioned, Manifestations of the Sons of God, Part 1. Manifestation of the Sons of God, Part 1. Manifestations of the Sons of God, Part 1. I want you to say it loud. It is my turn to manifest. Say it like you mean it. It is my turn to manifest. The word of God said, as you have said in my ear, so will I do. I want you to say it in God's ear very well. Say, it is my turn to manifest. If you believe it, shout yes. In Luke 180, Luke 180, it's repeated also in Luke 240. But let us examine Luke 180 first. It's written about two great people who manifested, who showed up. The word manifest simply means to show up. They showed up. Their appearing came to all. They showed up according to what was written concerning them. And we want to see the principle by which they undergirded their lives that their destiny indeed showed up. I'm speaking to somebody this morning whose destiny is about to be announced. I said there is somebody under the sound of my voice whose destiny is about to show up. There is somebody under the sound of my voice whose destiny is unstoppable. There is somebody under the sound of my voice who is showing up now. If you are that person, let me hear a good amen. amen. Luke 140, Luke 180, sorry, Luke chapter 1 verse 80. And the child grew, the child grew and waxed strong in spirit and as was in the desert till the day of his showing to Israel. Another translation says, until the day of his manifestation to Israel. This is your era of manifestation. This is your era of showing up. I speak over your life once again, that in your life you will show up in this season. In the name of Jesus. We see here that the first responsibility that anyone who is going to show up has to put on is the responsibility of growth. You must be committed unreservedly to growing as a child of God. The delight of every parent is to see his child grow. Children ought to grow. When children don't grow, they become a disappointment. Expectations are shut off. Joy is ceased. Everything about life remain stagnant when you don't grow. It is God's will. It is God's intention. It is God's program. It's in your DNA to grow. You are designed to grow. You must grow spiritually. All the things that God has in stock for you, they are not made available if you don't grow. By not growing, you are giving yourself the service. 
you are shooting yourself on the leg. You are not becoming the manner of person God wants you to be. To grow simply, you need to put your own impute. There's a part of you that needs to be engaged. There's a part of you that needs to be committed. There's a part of you that can't afford to be lazy. In growing, there is work to be done. Say to yourself, I will grow. It's God's mandate for your life. Say, you will grow. Okay, say it one more time. I will grow. It is the expectation of every parent that every child should grow. Not only did this person grow, Luke 180, the Bible says he did something else. He waxed strong in spirit. He was strong in spirit, pointing to the art part of the human being that needs a little bit of fear concentration. Your spirit must be strong. I will tell you the reason why you cannot go around with a weak spirit. Your spirit must be strong. The Bible says if you fail in the days of adversity, it means your strength is small. It's talking about your spiritual strength. You must work strong in the spirit. You see, this story is same in line with Jesus. Look at Luke 2.40. The first place we are reading about in Luke 1.80 is talking about John the Baptist. How many people agree with me that John the Baptist, one of the people with the strongest ministry in Israel, in his generation, was John the Baptist? Do you agree with me? John the Baptist was not an ordinary man. He was a man who was a great man. In his generation, even people who are without, when he came to John the Baptist, they respected. Hypocrites despised Jesus. Hypocrites criticized Jesus, but not John the Baptist. John the Baptist, everybody accepted him. That is of God. In fact, it was one of the tests for the ministry of Jesus. They asked, they said, okay, they said, who sent Jesus? He said, okay, I will answer if you tell me who sent John. You know, all the critics, they, they know John is sent of God. And John was a credibility for his ministry. Praise God. A great, in fact, the Bible says there's no, no, no person born of any woman that is as great as John. Why? He came to prepare the way of the Lord. His destiny was explicit. His, his, the reason he was born was so clear. From his mother's womb, prophecy had been coming. I don't know about you, but I know about me. There was no prophetic word about my own life when I was gone. My parents, how much did my parents even know that? Praise God. There was no prophetic word. I don't know, maybe there are people who are cousins of Bishop Ajayi Crowder here, who, you know, all the prophecies came before you were born. Is there anybody who had prophetic word before you were born? See? So that's why you must respect John the Baptist. Amen? Words came before he was ever born. His destiny was written hundreds of years before he showed up. Praise God. No one great like this. He came with a clear-cut destiny to prepare the way of the Lord. Spent most of his days in the wilderness. Amen? Are you with me today? Look at another great destiny, Luke 2.40. 
You see, the first thing about him was that he grew and he waxed strong in spirit. Is that not correct? Look at Jesus Christ. He's written about Jesus too. And the child did what? The child did what? The first responsibility is to grow. The child grew and became strong in spirit. Very similar to John. So I can deduce to you that you, anyone with a great destiny, you have to grow and you have to be strong in the spirit. How, pastor? How do we do this? Thank you, Father. If you go back to Luke 180, you see something interesting. The Bible says he grew, he was strong in the spirit, and was in the desert till the day of his manifestation. Or, another translation says, to the day of his showing in Israel. So there is a day of showing. There is a day you are permitted to show up. But there are days in the desert that precede your showing up. This is where many people miss the process of God. There are days that precede the days of showing. God is a God of process. He prepares you to manifest you. Again, I repeat that. He prepares you to manifest you. Nothing about him that does not follow procedure, that does not follow process, that does not follow order. God is a God of order. First Corinthians 14, 40 says he is a God of order. He said, let everything be done in decency and in order. God does not prepare blessings. He rather will prepare us for blessings. According to 1 Corinthians 2.9, can you put that on the board, on the screen for me? Eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has he entered into the heart of any man. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor heard, nor have it entered into the heart of man, the things which God has prepared for those who love him. You see, God has prepared all those things. God does not have a problem with preparing those things. Ears have, have not heard it. Eyes have not seen it. Hearts have not conceived it. That is not God's challenge. God doesn't have a challenge in all those things. The only challenge is that God has is in preparing you for what he has prepared for you. Preparing us for what he has prepared for us. The only challenge is to prepare us is to prepare you and I for what he has prepared for us. Before John was born, he has a very great ministry. He had a great destiny that God had prepared for him. But John is not allowed to show forth. He's not allowed to manifest until he had prepared for it. John had to prepare for it. You can't just wake up and walk into it. It comes with preparation. I'm trusting God that in this season that is calling you to manifestation, your preparation will not be in question. In the name of Jesus. In the first service, like I said, we talked about understanding. That was the key. In this service, the key is, manifest, uh, is preparation. Without preparation, there can't be a manifestation. 
Without preparation, there can't be a showing forth. That's God's intention. First Peter 2.9, I want to show you your destiny once again. First Peter 2.9, he said, we are a chosen generation, a royal priest, a holy nation, a peculiar set of people who have been called to show forth the praises of him who had called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Listen to me. Look at where the colon is. He told us our destiny, that we are chosen. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar species. The DNA is different. We have some coding in us. We are peculiar. Everybody say, I'm peculiar. I'm not ordinary. I'm not common. I am different. He said, I'm a peculiar set. I belong to a special species. In the Greek rendering, it calls it special species. You're a special, you're a special species. Your DNA is different. Hallelujah. God, see, see why God put a different DNA in you. That you should do what? Show forth. Everybody say show forth. You are created for show. God wants to show you. God wants to show you forth to the world. Are you listening to me? God wants to show you. And I pray for you this morning that everything trying to stop your show is destroyed in the name of Jesus. You will show forth in the name of Jesus. You will show forth in the name of Jesus. Nothing, no force, no principality, no power will stop your show. I said you will show forth. On the day of your show, you will not be missing in the name of Jesus. He said the child grew. Yes. God does not manifest babes and children. I want you to know that. It's not babies and children that God manifests. No. Romans 8, 19 says, the whole creation, the earnest creation. Let's do 19 and 20. Can you quickly show it on the screen? Romans 8, 19. Tell your neighbor for me, the world is waiting for you. Do you know that? <laughs> Uh, your, in your DNA is coded as a greatness. I don't know about it, but your world is waiting for you. Are you getting me? Your world is what? I said your world is what? Tap yourself. It's waiting for me. Say to yourself, it's waiting for me. Amen. Are you there? For the earnest expectation of creature waited for the for the manifestation, the showing forth. He's waiting for the manifestation of what? Of the sons of God, of the heroes of God, of the mature children of God. You see, the word sons there, I've taught you several times in church, is not feminine or masculine, uh, uh, masculine uh, it's not gender related. That word sons is talking to your spirit. It's talking, you see, in the spirit realm, there is no gender. There is no male or female. Your spirit is not gender related. It's in our body that we dis differentiate. Do you understand? So don't be offended, ladies. When you see, it's, oh, God is just waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. What about the ladies of God? There's nothing like that. There's no ladies of God in the spiritual realm. Do you understand? 
Uh, okay, I'm just trying to get, make you get the theology. He's talking about the sons of God. You see, the sons, he's talking about the heels. Heels is talking about matured children of God. Once you are matured, you are a son of God. Do you understand? So children of God, sons of God, they are not shown up for manifestation. It's not children that have are shown for manifestation, is the sons, is the matured ones. So God wants us to grow up to what? To maturity. Tell everybody you need to grow. Oh, tell one or two people by your side, you need to grow. Because the people who are going to show up, the people qualified for showing up, are people who grow. Praise God. I love to grow. I want to grow. It's not for babes. It's not for children. It's only for the heels of God. It's for the mature children of God. And that's what the world is waiting for. Our greatest challenge, ladies and gentlemen, is to grow into sonship. It's to grow into sonship. Looking at Jesus at age 30, that was when, I mean, that's the age in Israel that... (laughs) That's the age in Israel that a, 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 a child or a boy becomes a son. Whether it's going to be a son or not is that age. Praise God. You remember when this guy was 17 and went to the battlefield? They said he wasn't qualified because in Israel in those days, you can't even serve. You can't become a priest, so to speak. You can be a priest in training, but until you're 30, you can't minister as a priest. It's unto 30 that you can be free. Even if you're an apprentice, you remain an apprentice, senior apprentice, uh, uh, most senior apprentice, until when you are 30, uh, we can let you go, if you have passed. But 30 is the age of qualification. That was why when the story of Jesus changed, when his manifestation came, uh, uh, people said, is this not the, is it not the, is it not the carpenter? Is it not the carpenter's son? Where are him? Where did he become a wonder, wonder? Miracle wonder. Where did he become that? We know him. Is it not the one? If you remember, Sister Smith. Sister Smith. He was the one who made the dining table for Sister Where we ate that food that day. Can you remember? That's the same guy. That's the same guy. The, the best he could have collected was maybe uh, uh, he went for a competition and collected an award. That's all. And you know, people are people. They still made reference to it. Is this not the cabin that's all? But your story is about to change. Yeah. Your story is about to change. Oh, I feel it in my spirit. There's somebody's story that is about to change in the name of Jesus. They say, ah, we know you. You were a student some years ago. That was yesterday. (laughs) Things have really, really changed. And I'm saying to somebody, things will really, really change for you. You just commit yourself to growth. You, You see what happened here. But one day, his story changed, like I said. And I know yours is coming. How many people have a witness in their spirit? Their story is going to change. Okay, let me hear you say good amen. Amen. Let me quickly share this with you. Why sonship is important. And pay attention. 
As a father, I can relate to this very well. When Jesus' birth, when Jesus was given birth to God in heaven, his father in heaven, only sent angels to go and announce. Say, go and tell the shepherds, go and tell them, Jesus has come. You know why? A child is a joy to the father. But a son is a pride to the father. They are two different things. When a child is born, yeah, we are happy. But a son, a son is a pride. A son is different. Praise God. It's totally different. A son brings pride to the father. It's a different feeling altogether. When a child of God behaves like a child of God, look, God is not, even if you misbehave, God is not offended. Praise God. He might be offended, but he's not. You are still his child. <laughs> he can, <laughs> amen? Yes, you have not made him happy, but you are still his child. He will still love you. That can't take his love away from you. And that, this is what some people don't get as Christians. In a house, you have children and you have children. Maybe most parents can relate to what I'm talking about. And children, you to listen. Because you feel sometimes, oh, daddy loves this one more than me. I know that's mom's favorite. That's mom's favorite. You too can be a favorite. All you need to do is grow. That's all. It's your lack of growth that is making you feel somehow. When you grow up, you'll be the pride of your parents. The reason why you see that in a home, that it doesn't matter the number you are. Whether you are last born, you are first born, you are middle-born, you are second middle-born, third middle-born. It doesn't matter. What you need to face is to do what? Grow up. When you grow, there is something in the parents that connects with you. Say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Some of you come from cultures, you know, it's not male or female that matters. In the kingdom of God, there's no male, no, there's no female. There's no Jew. There's no Gentile. There's no discrimination. It's you discriminating yourself when you don't grow. Praise God. Both as a natural father and as a spiritual father, I see this every time. In this church, you could say, you could say, oh, pastor has favorites. I don't have favorites. You are all my favorites. Amen. You are all my favorites. Praise God. I love all of you. But you know what you are saying when you say he has favorites. It's not favorites. All that happened is that some people choose to grow. That's it. Amen? I want to encourage you. In this kingdom, please grow. That's all you need. Grow. When you grow, ah, not only will Jesus manifest himself to you. Have, have, have you seen that scripture before? 
that he promises is going to manifest. Uh, give me John 14, 19 to 21. Okay, let's make it 21. Is it 21? Let's make it 21. John 14, 21. Let's quickly do that. There's a promise of Jesus there. Watch that. He said, he that keepeth my Oh, come on, follow me. He that keepeth my commandments. Everybody say commandments. Uh, if I were you, I would write that somewhere. His commandments, his instructions. If you keep his instructions. Some of you, if there's a degree they should give you now, is a degree on expert in flouting instructions. You always look for a way around the instructions. Something is not correct in the, in the instruction. But Jesus, watch him, he said, commandments, he that keepeth uh, my commandments and keepeth them, it is he that does what? Love me. That's the first qualification. I want, you to, I want to know those who love me. And those who love me is not those who say it with their lips. Ah, I love you. I love you. Mm -mm. He said, if you keep my commandments. So, excuse me, does God have a standard for his love? Yes. He has loved everybody. Listen to me quite all right. He's loved everybody. The unbelievers, the believers, the sinners, the unsinners. God loves everybody. Everybody say that God loves everybody. Regardless. So now when you become his child, he still loves you. He loves you. And don't let the devil tell you anything different. He loves you. But listen to this. The love that you have is on a scale. If you truly love him, he said, number one, you're going to keep his commandments. Agreed? Okay. He says, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my father. Who are those who love Jesus? Who are those who love Jesus according to that word? Those who keep his commandments. He says, not only will I love you, who else will love you? My father. You have, you have qualified yourself for a special love from the father. How many people like that kind of love? Oh yeah, he has loved you back. That's why the Bible says, he loved us. He, we love him because he first loved us. Praise God. Now, 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 not only that. And he that loveth me shall be loved of my father, and I will love him, and I will do what? Manifest myself to him. There's another greater one in 23, but we won't go there today. I will do what? I will Jesus, you've got to manifest yourself to me. Now, what qualifies you for manifestation? What qualifies you? Keeping his commandments. I pray for you today. Your level of keeping God's word will shoot up in the name of Jesus. You become passionate about it. You don't miss a dot. You don't miss an iota. You don't miss the cross on the T, neither the dot on the I. You will follow his word to the letter passionately. And you will see how your life will be. Listen to me. You are not the one begging for manifestation here. Jesus said, I will do what? I will manifest myself to you.
Oh, I look forward to that every day of my life. I look forward for his manifestation. I've kept my part. He will keep his part. And I see you have testimonies of his manifestation. God showing up for you left, right, and center. Even things you didn't ask for, I see God bring it to you on a platter of gold. Why? Because I just love him. I keep his commandments. I love him. And you keep on loving him. Oh, Jesus. There is a new season coming. There is a new wave coming to the body of Christ. It's an era of manifestation. Him showing up for you at every junction of your life. Glory be to God. The world will wonder. You yourself, you'll be a wonder to your world. You say, look, I can't just predict God these days. He just shows up anywhere, anyhow, anywhere. He just shows up. Whoo! Glory be to God. How many people like that realm? He's a sweet realm, brethren. Praise God. It's worth going for because it is yours. It's not for the devil. It is whose? It is yours. Say to yourself, I'm going for it. It is mine. It's my destiny for Jesus to manifest himself in me. Do you know why you need to work strong in the spirit? Do you know why? Because I'm going to still teach you on that, how to work strong. Do you know why? You see, the things God wants to release into your life. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You need a capacity to contain it. The outpouring of God into your life, you need some, some strong capacity to be able to receive it. That's why your spirit can't be weak. Are you listening to me? Heaven wants to download some things. But if you are operating in a weak spirit, oh, my, my, my. Heaven doesn't waste its resources. So they wait for you. You are delaying. You are delaying it. You are the one delaying it. They will have to wait for you to get some energy, to get some strength. See, if you fail in the days of adversity, your strength is small. Your capacity. So how do we do this? We're going back to growth. We need to grow. Tell somebody I need to grow. To wax means to strengthen, to build up, to grow up. That's what it means to, 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 to wax. God is happy. We are his children. When we are his children, he's happy at us. He's happy with us. But he will be more excited when we become sons. Become more excited when we become sons. How many people are going for sonship today? I want to be a son of God. I want to become more mature. Praise God. And I see him show up because I, I really, I really, I really trust God to, to do what no man can do in my life, in your life. I want to see his promises in literal performance in our lives. And that's good. That's, that's where Christianity is sweet. That you are not just a Christian with mouth. You're a Christian with evidence. Do you understand? You have something to show that you're a child of God. Are you listening to me? God raised you. Oh, thank you, Father. I say God will raise you. 
we are not just in the era where children are reared, but where sons are raised. If you understand this ministry very well, this is the intent of God in this place. Royal House is all about raising people. Praise God. And maybe this, ministry, maybe this message will help me, you to understand me more. You see, a man is all about his vision. Praise God. And it will help you. It's all about raising people. That's what this ministry is all about. So if you walk through these doors and you don't want to be raised, you discover that you're coming against the vision of this church. Because it's all about raising people. That's what this church is all about. Praise God. It takes spiritual stamina to manifest your spiritual stamina. stamina. I, I, I'll take that again. It takes spiritual stamina to be what God wants you to be. Your spiritual stamina is determined by the degree of your manifestation. To what degree are you manifesting God? Growth that we have been talking about is a personal responsibility. Have you taken it up personally? Each person must take it on himself to grow. Nobody can grow for you. See, Reverend George Adeboe is my spiritual father. He loves me. I don't, nobody needs to tell me that my father, I mean, my spiritual father, whether he loves me or not. He loves me. He loves, when I say he loves me, he loves me to the point that other people around us are jealous. I'm telling you, he, lo he loves me too much. I think it was my last visit to, uh, I, was, I was going for a function, one of, our, one of the pastors under me, the pastor in Cambridge, he lost his father, he was burial for his father. Uh, I think the town Reverend George lives in, uh, in the country my wife was born. Uh, the, the, the distance between the town, the pastor was burying his father and where Reverend George lives is about an hour. So I did a lot of traveling within the country then, and I remember immediately heard that I was coming to a place one hour away from where he lives. He said, no way. He said, okay, my boys will book the flight for you. I said, no, 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 don't worry about that. No, he insisted. He sent a car to me to pick me up at the airport, took me to the place, and he opened his guest house. He had another guest house very close there. The guest house, he said they should cut me off the natural, uh, what do you call it, electricity, and put on generator for me overnight. He said, ah, you know, you are from a country. They don't take lights. <laughs> we don't want anything. The following day, the car, the driver was working to drive. Ah, even my mother was wondering, he said, what kind of love does this man have for you that is taking care of you like this? I said, it's my father. It's my father. That's why when he comes next, take care of him more, so that I can continue to take care of him. <laughs> Praise God. God bless you. See, he loves me so much, but he cannot grow for me. It's my own personal responsibility to do what? To grow. He can't grow for me. I love you very much, 
but I cannot grow for you. Are you listening? You have to grow for yourself. We have to give God's word. That's what we do in this church. We teach you God's word. He said he will raise pastor after his heart to teach you wisdom, to teach you God's word. Jeremiah 3.15. That's what we do. We teach. We preach. We point you in the direction like I'm pointing you right now so that you can grow. But it takes a tenacious commitment from you to grow. Look, we can all preach about growth now and go home. How was the service today? Oh, it was fantastic. Are you sure? Oh, it was concastic. Are you sure? It was a great sermon. What did you learn? Oh, great things. At the end of the day, you just listened to a nice sermon. You laughed. And when they say, can you remember something? Oh, did you know uh, Pastor went to a town very close to where Reverend George Town was, and he sent him his car and driver, and he put generator overnight. That's what some of you will remember. Praise God. That's not it. Do you understand? It takes a personal commitment that, look, I am going to grow. I've made up my mind I'm going to grow. I'm going to read X amount of chapters of the scriptures every day. I have a goal. I'm going to read my Bible cover to cover this year twice. This year thrice. Praise God. I'm going to read my Bible cover to cover in three months. You're looking at me as if it's strange. Members of this church do that. Amen? Growth. So that you don't say I'm lying. Uh, Sister Janice, please stand for recognition. Have you read this Bible cover to cover between January and March before? That's one. Should I continue? I shouldn't expose the rest. Uh, it can be a problem. So that you not be depressed when you're going on. That you mean people are reading that? Yes, people read it. And it's growth. It's growth. You begin to grow. If I bring that same sister to this altar to come and give you the testimony of her life ever since she joined this church, we will just close service. Why? Because she followed. She determined to grow. So you need to grow. Your life will manifest when you grow. Hello. And we can be in the same church. Some people are going for it, and some people are just laughing about it. But my trust in God is that you will grow. Everybody say one more time, I will grow. I'm committed to grow. Do you know why you have to grow? Galatians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Galatians 4, 1 and 2. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Now I say that an heir, that is a son who is going to have inheritance, as long as he's a child, did you see that? As long as he's a child, he's talking to children of God. A child of God is still a child. May you graduate from being a child of God to a son of God. He said, now I say that an heir, as long as he's a child, he defaded nothing from a servant, though he's lord of all. He said, there's no difference. 
A servant owns nothing, has nothing, nothing. So nothing will be the portion of an heir, even though he has everything. Anything times zero is... That's it. So you have to get yourself out of that state. Otherwise, you will be under harassment. And you will need to break off that harassment of your life. You'll be harassed all the time. So you need to grow. Satan can't grow any more than where he is today. That's the advantage you have over him. You can still grow. Satan can't grow again. His growth is truncated, but you can grow infinitely. Are you listening to me? That's your joy. What a joy that you can grow further. It is time for you to be revealed to your world. The world is waiting for you to grow. It is time for me to grow. Say amen to that. As you keep growing, the devil will keep his distance. Because people who grow are feared by the devil. One major way we can grow is by his word. And I'm going to begin to close the message to say that you give a new unreserved attention to the word of God. Ah, ladies and gentlemen, if you will take this word and eat it, spend quality time at this word. I'm not saying flipping through. There are times for flipping through. But I'm saying sit down with it. Sit what? Sit down with it. That my life is here. I can't do anything without me having understanding of this thing. To sit down with it thoroughly. The Father speak to me. Every time I sit down with this, talk to me. You will see yourself... In six months, even your colleagues can't recognize you anymore. If you would do this, allocate time to sit in with the world. Stay with the world. Bury yourself into the world. Read it voraciously. Read it tendentiously. Read it to the point that reading will want to run from you. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, your life will be at another level. I'm telling you true life stories. There was a time as a teenager, my mother was afraid. I think I was about 19 or 20 years old then. She came to my room and she was very concerned because every time she came into my room, I was studying. Four in the night, 3 a.m., I would be reading the world, reading the world. One day she sat me down. I thought it was a serious thing she wanted to discuss. She said, look, we give back to you in this thing, in Christianity. The way you are reading it, you can go cuckoo. I thank God, then I was the best student in my class, engineering class. In fact, how they recognize my result is that they will go anywhere you see AAAA, asterisk, AAA, they will say it's at the Yemo. Because they don't normally put your name at the result. You remember, in school then, they would put your matric, uh, matriculation number. So that's how they would know that it is me, is the A's. Because you can't read this thing and go door. There's no way. You cannot read it and go door. The, the mentality at which, the frequency at which you are delivering stuff, it will be too high. It's the mind of Christ you are putting here. 
serious. My brother said, ah, you have to reduce it. Ah, this thing is getting too much. And, and, and parents are always concerned about only one thing then. I said, mom, have I ever failed? She said, no. I said, end of story. Because that's what she's using her money to do in my life. Now, if I fail in that area, then there's a problem. But if it's that one, leave me and the word of God alone. I've married this thing. I've married it. Oh, there was a day, sir. I wanted to test the efficacy of the word. There was a deliverance service. I believe I was 19 years old then. There was a deliverance service. A demon had been hallowing, bombarding the whole fellowship. What? I said, I want to test the word of God today, whether it works. I looked at him. I said, the word of God says in 2.20, the angels that left escaped their first estate. They are left in everlasting chain until the day of judgment. What are you doing there? Come and see the demon. Just the word. Just the word. The thing flew. Whoa, whoa. Me, me. Ba, ba, ba. You are already afraid. It's not like that. <laughs> Praise God. Ah, I said the word of God is real. The word of God is real. When you take this word, excuse me, if there's anything you should do, let me, let me wrap up. Uh, Acts 20, Acts 20, 32. Let's wrap up with that today. Have you been blessed? Yeah. So what am I saying today? What is the key word I'm giving you in this service? Grow up. You grow up. You grow up. You grow up. And one major way to grow is what? The world. Oh, marry this thing. Marry this thing. Marry this thing. Okay? Marry it. Young lady, you don't need a guy. Just marry this. Praise God. Say, I'm married to the word of God. Do you understand? Marry it. Are you listening to me? Please go and marry or still marry. I'm not saying. <laughs> Otherwise, you, you people, I fear you. You say, Pastor said we shouldn't marry. We should marry the world. Praise God. What I'm just saying is go for the world. Do you understand me? Go for the world. Go for the world. All right. 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to what? To God. And to what? To the word of his grace, which is able to do what? Build you up. That's what the word of God does. It builds you. It builds you up. And it will give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. Oh, God will give you an inheritance. In the name of the Lord Jesus, the inheritance. He said, the word is able to build you up. It's able to. It's able to. There is a place for the word. There is a place for prayer. The place of the word cannot replace prayer. The place of prayer cannot replace the word. Are you listening to me? These two cannot replace each other. Prayer may bring healing to you. It's the word that will sustain that healing. That's how they work. That's how they work. But the word of God, excuse me, it will build you up. Prayer may give you a temporary relief, but prayer may establish you in destiny. I mean, prayer may give you a temporary relief, but it's the word that establishes you in destiny. Praise God. 
Oh, he will give you your inheritance amongst the sanctified. The word of God is quick, it's not slow. It's powerful, Hebrews 4.12. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing asunder every joint, soul, spirit, and marrow. Colossians 3.16 says, let the word of God dwell in you richly, not poorly, richly. See, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you and give you your inheritance amongst the sanctified. Ladies and gentlemen, you are welcome to your new season of voraciously pursuing the word of God in the name of Jesus. Your assignment this week, go and create time every day, undisturbed, uninterrupted time, apart from your morning devotion when you read your Bible. Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services live every Sunday, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and Bible study every Friday, 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.